Welcome to the Always On Podcast. I am your host, Duncan McPherson. On this podcast, our objective is to enable our audience, which are high caliber fee for service professionals, to always be working on their business and on themselves, personally and professionally. On today's podcast, I had a great conversation with Peter Dobridge. Peter is the president at Private Financial Group. He lives in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I've known Peter for decades. And in this episode, we discussed what it means to be the advisor of the future. Peter personifies the evolution from having a book of business to an actual business. He still takes financial planning seriously. He still thinks of himself as a financial advisor, but he also thinks of himself as a CEO, adopting and deploying best practices that create a consistent client experience, create efficiency and consistency. So I hope you enjoy this quick chat. And if you like this podcast, please like and share, tell your colleagues. And of course, if you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear in the future, just let us know. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. I couldn't be more excited about this upcoming conversation with Peter Dobridge, the financial professional in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Peter personifies what it means to be the advisor of the future. I've known Peter for it's got to be 20 years now. And long, long ago, he evolved far beyond what it means to have a book of business. Peter thinks of it as a business. He's not an advisor. He is a CEO. I mean, financial planning and being an advisor to his clients is part of his repertoire and part of his process. But he is elevated so dramatically. Peter's got clients throughout Ontario and in other parts of Canada but I can't wait to share with you and have this exchange so you can understand his progression and uh, evolution. So Peter, thanks very much for being here. And great to be on the call, Duncan. Thank you. So I just want to ask you, when did you make the connection that you're not working in your business, transacting trading time for money, you're working on your business, you're an entrepreneur, and you're building something. Where did that come from? Well, um, first of all, uh, you know, I, I got so much uh, advice or uh, watching my business owner clients move to that role and the ones, more importantly, who didn't, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can see the effects of it. Um, I grew up in a family business and saw was what went right and what didn't go right, just the same. And more importantly, we go to business school, we finish, you know, the training, but there's nothing like learning from, you know, a live, a live, uh, uh, you know, experience. So I grew up in uh, in a family business, and uh, I, I finished uh, a business school in Windsor. And then I, you know, my father and I were pretty much the same personality, so it wouldn't have worked out. And he always pushed me to try and do something on my own. So. And that's, that's the route I took. <clears throat> so I started and, uh, and, uh, got in the business early and the old school way of just kind of grinding and, 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 and building relationships. And, and, and I locked on, you know, the, a referral process early that uh, really, really was uh, profound, uh, on, on how we grow the business. 
And then I looked look quickly later on as I grew and then just watched what the good business owners were doing uh, as they transitioned to a CEO. I did have a small opportunity. Well, it wasn't small, but um, I did have an opportunity to be part of owning an OHL franchise, uh, the Wooden Spitfires. Why this is important to bring up is because my two partners uh, that I uh, were in the business with, uh, one being Bob Ugner and, and one Reichel, but I guess the issue was is we had specific skill sets and we re really respected each other's opinion in that area and brought that skill set. And it took us uh, uh, to another level on bringing professionalism to a hockey franchise. So we ran it like an NHL franchise. Uh, we brought the right people in. And then obviously as time was time went on, um, we won two national championships and really, really built that uh, fr a franchise into a enviable franchise in Canada, not just in the OHL. Um, we got involved with building a new facility, which was a legacy thing for us um, because now it's a brand new facility with three other rinks in it. And, you know, it was important for us to watch, you know, kind of that evolved. So as, as, as I went through that process, I took a deep dive on, on my business and constantly pushed myself to be in a CEO role, CEO row mentality. And, uh, and, and that's what, uh, pushed us to, uh, you know, start relationships and, and, and bringing the right people to the table. So. Yeah. And I admire the restraint in not mentioning one of the teams that your, your hockey team beat, cause that's, uh, <laughs> still too soon, uh, just for context, everybody. The Windsor Spitfires beat the Kelowna Rockets in the Memorial Cup, which is arguably the hardest trophy to win in sports. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Not happy about it, but uh, congratulations on that. But yeah, so you've got best practices, professional development running through your veins. It's part of your DNA. Nothing resides in your heads. Everything documented, standardized, professionalized. And the fact that you come from the entrepreneur pedigree, that, that world, and then you've owned businesses outside of financial services, this adds a lot of credibility. And I want to get to your organic growth model and how you've gone up market to consistently attract business owner clients yourself. But before I do that, I want to talk about your approach. Because one of the many things I've admired about you over the years is that you've been perpetually focused on establish, establishing professional contrast, whether you're dealing with prospective clients, existing clients. And I think one of the ways that I think is the most impressive is that you've built a proprietary process that combines what it means to be a needs-based professional with a goals-based professional, or, you know, in terms of your deliverable. So Talk to us a little bit about your proprietary process for your clients and how they've reacted to that. I think to, you know, 2020 with, with the COVID um, year enlightened many people in different ways. And for us, we had always built a, a, a process. We had a financial planning process that we took people through that include a specific fit meeting for us. We, you know, that's critical and, and should be in everybody's you know, practice. Um, and that allows us to, you know, really, really take a deep dive and understanding of that client because we just don't let everyone on the arc, right? And we're not everything for everyone, but we're, we're, we're everything for a few. 
So we took a deep dive and just looked for gaps and opportunities. And we said we needed to build this brand and, and it's called your life print formula. And really simply it takes people through the seven pillars of what we believe the financial planning process is. And at the end of the day, they can't outgrow it. Their circumstances just change or the critical financial events change and we just help them adapt. Right? So I think what we understand our role to be is they're not buying into a sales process. They're buying into a client engagement. And, and, and we have a, a, a specific person in, you know, team member that embraces that total client experience. And, uh, we love being part of it because it allows us to really grow our relationship deeper, not just based on rates of return. And it helps bring uh, meaning to money. Like what's really the driving factor. And, and those of you who are aware or not aware that formula includes that acronym form and that's your family occupation recreation and money we can never forget about it because that gives us that contrast to uh if you ask one of our clients what makes us different and that's the critical side the same same uh note duncan if we're talking about a proprietary process it now allows us to build intellectual property in our business as well and branding and brand within the brand and it's important because our our industry is always focused on assets under administration and it's a matter of opinion whether you agree or not but um if we're not why aren't we doing what other companies are doing as well and building intellectual property so down the road the advisor or the ceo can become more obsolete as we build that team around that process and now all of a sudden it's not peter dobrich it's private financial group and they're driven process that just works over time yeah i love that because as we've said you and i over the years like it's not the peter show your clients don't just like and trust you right they embrace the practice and the client experience and they embrace the process and i think part of the sifting to establish if there's a fit and alignment is that it helps you identify the clients that want liberation and order. Like they don't need to know everything you know, they just need to know that you know, versus some of the clients that don't care about that qualitative stuff. They just want to get into the weeds and micromanage and hold you accountable to every statement that rolls by, which is clearly not a good fit. But it's interesting that you mentioned because, uh, you know, like financial services was the last to adopt email. And it's also, it was the last of all the different sectors to adopt best practices. But those that adopted it, those early adopters, have really put distance between themselves and others. And I, I'm going to assume that your mindset and approach has made you more attractive to those business owner clients and helped you grow up market because you can relate to them on, on a multitude of levels, not just investment acumen, but a day in the life of being a business owner. Is that safe to say? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, what does it matter what business you're in? Policies, procedures, systems, and constantly adjusting them and, and, and adapting to what's going on. And we're talking about the future uh, of the advisor or the advisory firm. And if we're not embracing it, I'm not sure you know where where that 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 ends up. And 
couple of thing points here as maybe as most advisors like other business owners we see that their uh and their, most of their net worth is embedded in their business and they're not doing the little things to help drive the value of their business to the maximum without saying oh i'm all i'm worried about is this my exit strategy it's not worrying about that it's doing the things that are necessary to be able to drive value and if we're doing it, I can talk about it. I spent some time with some client business owners this, this weekend here, and that was the biggest discussion on what we're doing and what's happening and around how do we look for these little pockets because business owners are very good at what they do. As they grow, they grow out of their elements potentially, and they're not bringing the people in. I believe it's the same thing for financial advisors as the pressure comes as the, the business changes, they need to adapt quickly or at least align yourself with someone who is doing it. And that's what I feel um, where we're at right now is we're in a position to duplicate our process because uh, uh, many people would like to still be in business for themselves, but not by themselves. And Okay. So that's a, that, sorry to cut you off, but that is a perfect segue because Many financial professionals find themselves on a collision course with a plateau because their heads are down, they're working, they're transacting, but they haven't opened up that next level of capacity. And this is something that we've seen where if financial professionals can reduce some of the workload through automation, allocation, delegation, all of these different elements to liberate them to expand capacity with process, what that's done for you is opened up a pivot from taking your B to C business to client organic approach with investment clients to as a proof of concept to a business to business. So now you are in a position to engage financial professionals and address their unmet needs. I mean, the last three years have confirmed that there are some advisors that are on a collision course with obsolescence. They're not viable. There's too much minutia, the compliance obligations. They don't have scale and they themselves are looking to liberation and order. So now you've got this playbook and this process that another advisor can adopt and draft in behind that liberates them to focus on the things in this business that they enjoy doing. That's going to be pretty gratifying. It is. It is. We can always reference. We have ev everything in place. What we believe is a platform. We always challenge ourselves to uh, make sure we're including uh, the important things always, but yeah, we have a platform that allows someone, and this is my next point. It's not about just driving numbers and get more assets and more assets and more assets. And some people might have a different opinion on that, but you have the bigger financial institutions that are compressing commissions or fees. And maybe these people just don't feel like being under that environment anymore. They're great individuals and they want as you say, liberation or, or that balance in their life. So it allows them to adopt all of our processes just from our planning process or proprietary process to, you know, our relationship with Q Wealth, Quintessence Wealth. Uh, we're a portfolio management firm and 
we have a second to none technology portal, client portal that is in place as well as our content marketing. So if we go back to hockey, listen, as long as they can skate, we can teach them to play hockey. And we've got great people, good commun communicators, want to be part of their, uh, their community. We have it uh, ready to go and still have uh, uh, relationships, uh, mastermind meetings, and for us to get together and, and mentor and, and push ourselves, what I believe, in the balance part of our life, not the revenue part. So we all have meaning for what we're doing. My gosh, let's get focused on the meaning part of why you're in the practice. And that would just easily goes to your clients and they feel the difference. My last point on trust, and then this is something I've been thinking about lately, but if we can think about being on a small sailboat, like, and there's a terrible storm that comes in, I always trust I'm on that boat because I trust the person who's driving it, right? You trust the boat. It's, it's one of those tours. But boy, when that wave comes in, now all of a sudden my trust alters and says, do I trust his ability to, to get us out of this, right? <laughs> yes, hold on for long term. So what I'm saying to you is, as we think about relationships we want to be in, that would be my differentiator to be able to say, hey, we've got this, we can get through this. We've adopted a relationship with you, Duncan, and Pareto a long time ago and continue to use it as we all drive ourselves for the right reason. So it's a bit of a long-winded point, but I really think that that's what needs to be on people's plate. What life do I want to have? What's the meaning for all of this? And I need to do this for myself and my, and my families while I still believe I'm part of something that's got meaning and there's legacy and I really want to be part of something different. A customized podcast can add credibility and efficiency to your communication efforts. Sifting good prospects from the mass of suspects, staying top of mind with strategic partners, and activating more advocacy from existing clients can be achieved with a turnkey approach. Learn more at proudmouth.com. Do you aspire to consistently attract and keep great clients while driving the enterprise value of your business? Do you want to achieve professional contrast by supplementing your technical ability with a consistent client experience driven by best practices? The Blue Square Toolkit brings the proven Pareto Systems philosophy and process to life in a way that tethers your team so that you can competitor-proof your clients, gain their full empowerment, and attract quality referrals, all while restoring liberation and order in your life, and all in an intuitive, easy-to-use turnkey solution. Visit bluesquaretoolkit.com to get your 14-day free trial today. Well, and you can't overlook the power of the law of environment. I mean, we are products of our environment. The people we associate with either pull us down or or propel us forward uh it seemed i mean i've i've recognized that everybody in life especially recently 
is either a fountain of optimism or a drain of negativity. And both are very powerful forces, but I do really appreciate the point about not just belonging, but that you made about balance. And I think one of the most impressive parts of the balance dynamic is that sweet spot between high tech and high touch. Technology can be incredibly powerful. And when a fully built out suite and tech stack is deployed, it's not just the efficiency. It enables the financial professional to embrace high touch in the relationship. That is becoming a big gap. Uh, You know, we talked about this last time we were on the phone that the more technology creeps into our lives, the more the human touch actually stands out. AI will never have EI, the emotional intelligence. And, And clients and professionals want a combination of the two. So let me ask you this. Who is the ideal advisor who would see the merit in adopting and drafting in behind your build-out process? Define that person. I think I have to revisit the point I made earlier about wanting to be in business uh, for themselves, but not by themselves. I think it's important. I think it's important because they want to feel like the framework's there for a couple of reasons. Compliance is really, really driving frustration whether we agree with it or not, it's a fact and we have to manage it. Well, we've got that covered, right? So that person who's looking for opportunity, a true partnership, right? To be part of something, but something that's focused on them first, um, not, not everyone else. So we don't have to meet certain goals or, or, or things to get compensated how we would like to. We have a model that allows them to build a business that's customized to what they want and allow them to have the life that they want, right? And again, bringing that meaning to what what we're looking at. I mean, naturally they expect us, uh, one of the things about being a PM firm is we have access to alternative investments and different different things that aren't available to the retail market. And that differentiates yourselves. Again, you mentioned about technology, naturally you expect to have the technology. Uh, one of the things with Quintessence Wealth that I think is critical is we always take our clients, busy clients, uh, business clients, and try and do what? Make their life easier. So they've adopted many technologies that allow them to consolidate all their things into a data lake, their financial plans in there. One of the other benefits is we can outsource the, the, the portfolio management. Having the model portfolios and be able to sit down and say, allow me to focus on the high touch. And that's really getting to know their clients. They expect the rate of returns. They expect certain uh, uh, planning to be, uh, uh, you know, following it up. But what they don't expect is for us to be taking a deep dive on what the meaning of this, what's important, what's their function of assets, and and building that other side, that right brain, if we want to call it, in their relationship. So I guess what I'm looking for is the uh, type of advisory firm that just says, hey, this is something that we want to, uh, you know, have a look at. And this makes sense for us, uh, the, the balance, but having uh, some independence. Yeah, and, and ultimately, I think it comes down to who you're suited for because it's not for everybody. 
uh, not everybody is entrepreneurial. Some people would rather be in an environment where everything is just basically looked after and they're not overly concerned about this entrepreneurial liberation and order sort of mindset. But for those who are, are thinking about, like you said, personal fulfillment, a sense of purpose, deeper engagement and relevance with their clients, and a sense that they're building something. They're not transacting. It's not transactional. It's directional. It's going somewhere. There's a culmination effect. I think that's very important. The thing I really want advisors to consider, you've got 24 hours in a day. You got five days in a work week. What I would love to see happen for you is by adopting a process, it actually puts more sand in your hourglass. It's like giving you 10 hours back every week because you're you're outsourcing things that are commoditized or things that are that you don't have scale on and liberating yourself to focus on what you really enjoy doing, which is working with clients. But now let's let's talk about this more in depth. So we've talked about this. There is an acronym, PSP. So who are you suited for? It's an advisor with a philosophical, strategic, and practical alignment of interests. So let's break that down. So if you were to connect with an advisor who's saying, hey, look, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I don't want to spin my wheels. I want to draft in behind your process. The first thing you would focus on is the philosophical connection, the alignment that you both see the world the same way. And I think one of the core elements of that is there's no salesmanship in your approach. It's all stewardship. You're not asking a client to buy a product. You're asking them to buy into a process. Would that be a safe starting point? Absolutely. And there's been a slight disconnect depending on where your training comes from. Let's be honest. We talked about people when they have learned experience in a household as young. Certain things just happen and it takes time to alter. If someone has had training from a, a banking institution versus an insurance company, that would come out in that process uh, of, of, of that, you know, high uh, uh, touch discussion because that's hard to change. And when you have people who are just systematically said, this is what you got to do, that's going to be important because that behavioral change will have to happen. And the, and the trust to adopt the process initially, in my opinion, um, you know, there's always a saying of anyone can, you know, a hardworking guy can chop a tree down with a ball peen hammer, but there's one guy or girl sitting there sharpening it for two hours, takes two swings at it, goes and plays golf. It's the same outcome. You can choose what you want to do. I, it's not, but I, I really feel that there's a, there's a better way. <laughs> so. You know, it's funny you should say that. I don't know if you've seen this because yeah, sharpen the ax, right? Spend more time sharpening the ax. Right. But now I don't know if you've seen this, that there's this device where 
the blade of the axe is inverted within a cylinder, you drop the log in and tap it with a hammer and it splits automatically. It's so impressive. So who would have thought that innovation couldn't could have come to an axe? And yet it has. This is a new device. I want one because it's so fast, so precise, so efficient and safe. There's no risk. So interesting analogy. But it's interesting you talk about you know, some people have not been in business for themselves, let alone by themselves. They've been in an environment where uh, they paid for it in many ways. One of them is that the safety net uh, of effectively being a, a, an employee became a hammock of complacency. They applied that. Oh, your ideal advisor is somebody who still yearns for an entrepreneurial environment where they can build something. So that's, that's a big philosophical distinction. Now let's go to the strategic. The ultimate driver of the strategic alignment and fit is that all roads lead to what's in the best interest of the client. Okay. So like, for example, Peter, and I'm sure I've said this to you over the years, but I say to a lot of my clients, I want you to pretend that there's a client listening in on this conversation. Is that all of this contributing to an elevated client experience for them? This applies to this type of discussion. Like, it's not the advisor selling a business or changing environments. It's how does this transition elevate the client experience? That's a big part of the strategic fit process where you can show an advisor where the gaps are, where the unmet needs are, and how their clients will benefit. And as a part of the cause and effect dynamic, how that will actually lead to uncovering veins of gold of untapped opportunity, correct? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we've taken this 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 process that we developed for our clients, again, as they buy into a process and engagement with us. It shouldn't be any different with another advisor because it's uh, duplicable, right? And, and I, I, as you see, I started out with, you know, what I believe, what, what we're looking for, not to influence someone else, but what I believe where things are going and what people should be able to embrace to say that's something, again, I want to be part of because um, they've, they've, they've simplified and, and, and proceduralized and strategically set up, hey, this is what works. Um, but there's also opportunity for them to adjust it to their way. I mean, it's customizable for sure, but uh, uh, that that's what allows us to be able to be uh, flexible, adapt, and quite frankly, that's part of the pulse of the call is trying to adapt for the future and where um, where the advisory business is, is going. And uh, so I think it's important. Well, absolutely. And then of course, okay, so you have the philosophical alignment, the strategic alignment, and then the practical. And there are so many layers or currencies in the practical aspect of the conversation it just comes out of the economics. So one of them is, and I've seen this countless times, where an advisor has identified a new environment. They've transitioned from the old environment to the new environment. They've adopted the process, they've transitioned their clients, reframed and rejuvenated the relationships, took a $65 million business and turned it into an $85 million business by just going into that motion 
And the key performance indicator from clients was, this is great. I'm really happy for you. This environment sees, seems so much better. Why didn't you do this five years ago? Because it seems so great. That's a big, big element of the, of the practical part of the conversation, right? So we could talk long about that, but I mean, this is, this is a really, really important because my business owner clients expect me to be pushing myself forward and not staying complacent. They aren't. Why is my advisor? So if we're not challenging, and that was kind of the response from a couple of my clients was like, yeah, we get it. We see it and we agree with it. This isn't a thing about trying to go and sell my business somewhere else and take, you know, you know, get, get some opportunity from that perspective. No, we found a better way to deliver what we've been doing. And we had great response from our clients. It wasn't easy. We got complacent. I'm pretty loyal. I was with my previous firm for almost 27 years. I'm loyal. And, but when that firm, and this is an important point, Duncan, we're sitting and we were being very patient and waiting and waiting and waiting. And one of the challenges with the bigger firms is they just have so much legacy technology. They just can't embrace the changes quick enough. And that allow, allowed us to do it. It was with great response that we got that. So the nail you're sitting on may not hurt anymore, but the rust is going to give you, uh, you know, might, 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 might be the biggest impact by saying, am I ready to do this? Um, regardless, and and as it makes sense for me and my clients, everyone's worried about how their clients are going to respond. It was received very well by our clients for the change because they expect us to stay ahead of the curve. Okay, that's really good. And uh, so, so just to sort of round that out, if I'm an advisor... I don't have to sell you my business. I could just move and draft in behind and adopt your process and deploy it, put more sand in my hourglass, elevate my client experience, elevate my productivity, all boats rise. But is there also a scenario where it could be a sell and stay where they made me, I'm an advisor and I want to de-risk a little bit. I want to take some chips off the table. Could I... Can I sell my business to you? Would you acquire my business to let me stick around for three to five years and enjoy the sunset of my career? Is that part of your model? Yes, for sure. I mean, that is part of the model. Um, that's easy. And more importantly, we have a, a method, uh, you know, by how they can structure specifically people who are working in the banking in this in, 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 in institutions, excuse me. That, that you're getting full value, but more importantly, it's a tax-driven decision now. So there's a, mm -hmm. there's different methods on how you can sell your business or you have a succession plan put in place. We can help with that for sure. And my gosh, it's a phone call. Uh, we're more of a sounding board because you have all your life's uh, work for the most part in that business and, and not to be able to make sure that you get the best well-rounded advice on that uh, is silly to me. So that's that's good, important good part point. of it. Many entrepreneurs are that proverbial 25-year overnight success story. And I've seen many advisors that the proverbial hockey stick or inflection point where the first 20 years of their careers was very methodical. And then that transition in terms of environment and all the liberation that came from that 
they were never more productive, never more purposeful, never more relevant than since going through that rejuvenational uh, exercise. So good to know. And, and your point about being a sounding board. So I know you're really big on legacy. You care a lot about the advisor community in Canada. So if I'm an advisor, could I just call you up and have a conversation without any expectation that this needs to go anywhere, just to get a different set of eyes on my trajectory and just a different perspective? Are you open to that? Of course I am. It, it, it makes sense. And if it's just a discussion, it's a discussion. Uh, however, it, it, it's important. I am, you know, on LinkedIn and, you know, other areas, but yeah, if it, we can organize a phone call and uh, we can take care of that. And then the next part of that would be, we have a fit process that we would go through utilizing Pareto and you Duncan for that opportunity. So, and, uh, they could reach out and have no problem, uh, uh having a discussion on it. It's, it, it makes sense for me. Yeah. Perfect. So that's the best way for somebody to connect with you is on LinkedIn or they just do a search on your business and track it out. Yeah. I think that that makes sense. Okay. Well, beautiful. All right, Peter. Well, uh, I always end every conversation with you when I hang up, I go, yeah, yeah, I got, I got a lot from that. And that this is definitely aligned with that. So thank you. We'll have to do this again. And, uh, everybody, if you want to see the before and after of Peter Dobridge and the enterprise he's developed, I highly recommend you give him a call. I mean, there's certain things you, you can't learn in a simulator. They're experiential. And if there's an opportunity where you don't need to reinvent the wheel and you can draft in behind his efficiency and his consistency, I highly recommend it. So uh, with that, Peter, thank you very much for your time. Any closing comments? No, I, I, I just think that uh, if, if at the end of the day, um, if you're sitting there and, and we've all been there in that decision or inflection point about what, what type of life do I want to have? How, what's the real meaning for for the you know my practice and where I'm heading? And uh, it's worth a discussion always, right? So, um, as we always say, sometimes minor adjustments can have a, have a huge impact, and uh, and and that's what uh, we're talking about. So, yeah, beautiful. Okay, man. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much, and we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Duncan. Have a great day. Thank you, D. Thank you for listening to Always On with Duncan McPherson, where our objective is to enable professionals to always be working on their business and on themselves. Want to learn more about Duncan and his team? Visit ParetoSystems.com. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Pareto Systems. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast is powered by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. If you're like me and want to spend more time educating people and less time selling, Proudmouth helps turn Main Street experts like you into trusted mainstream authorities. They will help amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans. Visit proudmouth.com to learn more.